Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Good morning, Alan. I mean, you've been all over the county and there is an air of positivity at the moment, all the festivals. And I think you mentioned about the Country Music Festival. Uh, I mean, I was sitting out in the back garden dancing to Wagon Wheel because I live not far from the race course uh, before I headed up to Chadwick's Extra Park yesterday. These events, they bring a kind of a splash of life to the county again, don't they? They do. And yesterday's atmosphere in Wexford Racecourse for that was just electric. I have to say, well done to all those involved in our organising. It was a very well run event. People were it, it was just, look, it was inspiring to see people from all over the country, by the way, enjoying themselves in such a safe, well-run event. And I hope it's one that we get off the ground annually because the race course accommodated it perfectly. Maybe we'd have to look at increasing the capacity for next year, uh, if there's a next year, but it was definitely well done to all concerned. Everybody there had nothing but good things to say and I spoke to Manny. I was there from about four o'clock. We had a family event and I moved in there about four o'clock. It was really brilliant, absolutely brilliant And the Maritime Festival is coming back there's a lot of activity right around the county the Rock and Roll Food and Fruit Festival you popped up to say hello to us when you were there I did. Yeah, I mean these events they were so badly needed weren't they? Badly needed and they're they're all such a variety of events, you know, music, food and next weekend you'll know that we have a Harvest Festival uh, down in uh, on the Rosslare Road uh, at the Coal Bunker, Mm. two days of harvesting in the old vintage style, so I, I expect there's going to be a huge crowd around from the whole country as well so I'm looking forward to that but there's been field days everywhere the people are out and about and more importantly they're supporting one another as communities the field days that I've been to there's huge crowds and it's the whole community out to support one another to get back on their feet after Covid Anyway let's enjoy it we heard uh, in the South East Radio News of Prona there a clip from a representative of Morris Castle and how important it is that if we do get the heat wave this week and for a lot of people they're on holidays this week and for the tourism industry this week is absolutely vital isn't it? Vital. Wexford is a real tourism county especially in my own area I'm around the Hooked. All of our coast you know we have exemplary scenery here in Wexford. There's so much to see and do. Um, you know our Airbnbs are invaluable to bring in tourists to that area or to all rural areas of County Wexford. So look we're doing a smashing job. Wexford is thriving thank God but we, we have to understand you know, we're facing into the throes of winter, but for the moment we keep it positive and we'll work on the rest. Well, if that's a positive story, one of the talking points that I'm going to discuss with you, in fact, there's two issues, dental and rental, but before I even get on to dental, Mike is the first text in this morning. He says, Hi Alan, the medical card is no longer worth the plastic it's printed on. There is very little service you can get anymore on a medical card. And that comes in from Mike. Do you agree with him? Uh, not wholesale in that regard, but certainly you'll know that I have been working on the dental treatment services scheme for some time now as an elected representative. For the past 18 months, I've been raising parliamentary questions week on week. And just to give a little bit of background for people, medical card services in the DTSS back in 2009 had funding of 86.9 million. Mm. That's 13 years ago. Wexford has somewhere in the region of 2,000 medical card recipients for that service. An average of around that. We now, today, currently, 
that fund is only 66 million. So in 13 years, and by the way, the 20 million was only added in recent months. We were actually only at 40 million to fund a service. So half the funding in the last 13 years, it was halved. And as a result, we had 26, 26 dentists in the county who were in that scheme. Today, we have none. So I challenged the minister just before a doll recess on the 12th of July on this. He tried to tell me that the 20 million investment was a massive investment. It's still 22 million right. short of what it was in 2009. Yeah, because your, your figures go back to 2009. So what is the situation now then? The situation is we don't have any dentist in the county accepting new medical card patients, bearing in mind that all our Ukrainian visitors have now received a medical card. All of those over over 70 are in receipt of a medical card or doctor-only card, which entitles them to uh, the dental treatment services scheme and, and treatment. Not all treatments are free, but there's a number of treatments. And the reality is that there has been very little negotiation with the Irish Dental Association to remedy this. We have two issues. We have huge shortages mm. in, in the services on the basis that they're unable to recruit and they're finding it very hard to retain staff. That's an issue that we in have. In dentistry? Yes. Yeah, and because we're aware of that with the doctors, aren't we? So the, I wasn't aware that was the case with pretty dentists. Pretty much, Alan, it's across all sectors. I mean, we see one of our very good cafes here in Wexford, due for coffee, who've closed due to staffing shortages, but that's another day. In relation to dentistry, we need to look at it in the short term we need to look at allowing we're not there it's a sector that's not eligible to take in EU uh, people Okay you just made EU. a comment there about you for coffee which mm, is a fantastic, fantastic. business mm-hmm. Yeah so when you say closed closed temporarily it's closed temporarily they've taken from they closed I think it was the 31st of July up to the 9th of August because of staffing issues they have issues with timetabling and off staff But they are coming back oh, and, of course yeah, and, and they'll yeah. be badly needed I mean it's a fabulous place and it where especially where it is placed but back to dental services we have huge issues. Everybody who now in their upper years needs to have an anaesthetic has to have a pre-op assessment by a dentist. If you're a medical card patient who doesn't have a dentist, that's almost impossible. So people are having to forego badly needed mm. operations because they can't get pre-op assessment by the dentist. That's one issue. We have special needs who are a particular sector who need a different type of care and that would mainly be care for dental issues under anaesthetic. One day a week is all is reserved in Wexford General Hospital for special needs patients. That's something that I'm working very hard on because we, they have to deal with other issues and it can be very yeah. difficult to understand their pain and to be able to, you know, you can't just remedy the same as ordinary people who have a toothache. So I mean, when you, when you look at dentistry in particular, nothing is as bad as, as a, a, an aggressive toothache. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot get to see somebody, it can really bring you down, can't it? Well, so, I mean, it's a serious that. issue. Not, not long ago, you had Sean Hayes on here who yep. pulled four of his own teeth and that is why I was so frustrated and I I really did, I suppose. I attacked the minister on the basis of not having a command of his brief. Mm. He fed me information that was categorically incorrect. And as the minister, I don't believe that that should be the case. He, I had PQs in front of me which were answers to parliamentary questions that were completely contradictory to what the minister was saying. So today we find ourselves with the 22 million deficit in the services having increased the number of people 
eligible for receipt of those services yeah. by probably thousands, given the Ukrainian visitor situation, all of that, they are now eligible. We have got to tackle this as a remedy in the short term. Hmm. We need to access people on a permit work scheme outside of the EU who are available to us. But in the long term, Alan, this is ultimately about education. Okay, you kind of preempted my next question, which was the scheme as it now is, is not fit for purpose. So how can it be fixed? So how can it there be fixed? There are a number of ways in which it can be fixed. And I think what certainly has to happen is meaningful, constructive engagement with the Irish Dental Association. It's, it's inconceivable that any dentist would be working at a loss. They are private enterprise. They are mm. running a business and in order to safeguard that business they have to maximize their private patients because they cannot make money and viably run their dental practice under the medical care. Are, are they basically what they're being offered? They're asked to do fillings and things. I, I mean, I spoke to somebody from the dentistry profession before I went on they holidays. They haven't had an increase in no. any of those for 13 years. So I know it's well, it's around the 32 cost, euro 40. Their costs yeah. have risen exponentially just like okay. everybody else. That's one that certainly there has to be meaningful, constructive engagement. For me, the fundamental issue is education. From the day I first stepped into the door, I've had an issue with how we are looking at education in comparison to where our shortages are, both in the health service, in the building sector, in every sector. And there is a huge deficit in dental practice uh, profession. You, we you, have yeah, you also say in your press release, you say spending and waste has increased enormously over the last decade. In what areas and what are you basing this on? Well, in all areas. I mean, I'm basing that on the fact that I've, I sit on the Public Accounts Committee. And from the HSE's perspective, who is ultimately, they're responsible for the funding of the DTSS. I have seen massive waste. Apart from COVID to one side, there are issues there that are still being investigated. But there was an issue where 80 million was spent in sourcing... Um, uh, the word won't come to me now, uh, in, uh, ventilators. Right. You know, 80 million for ventilators that ultimately we couldn't use. The procurement process was null and void. Three, we sourced 400, 300 of them were donated to India. We're still storing 100. They're of no value, of no use, and that 80 million is currently still being invested. That would have paid for a lot of... Uh, well, we only need 20 of that to bring us back yeah. up to date, but ultimately, if we are going back to 2009 and we have a 22 million deficit, we should probably be in the realm of 120 million. Do you, do you know what the stats are for Wexford? The stats in relation to which? Dental. Well, we have... We have waiting lists, exponential waiting lists from the point of view that no new medical car being issued can access a dentist. So I'm not sure what they are day on day, but I know we have upwards of waiting lists for children, in, and especially in special needs, of upwards of 500 around the county for different treatments. And that, like these are painful episodes children are in pain, adults are in pain. We have no emergency service for adults, as was the case with Sean Hayes. He tried to access seven dental services. He was told no. And then he finally went to Grogan's Road, who provide an emergency service through the HSE, but for children only. Sean ultimately pulled his own teeth, having paid tax all his working life. Uh, Alan, my daughter has a medical card and her children needed a dentist and under the age of 16 they don't qualify for dental treatment under the medical card scheme. That, and that is the case and ultimately also we have, I have people contacting me this week who have said that preemptive treatment 
would curb many of the problems, and that's true. So we need to expand the the definition of what is treated under DTSS yeah. on the basis of, you know, prevention's better than cure. And I think that's where we need the Irish Dental Association. We need government to engage meaningfully and constructively because at the moment it is at an all-time low. There is nobody joining the DTSS. As a matter of fact, they're right. leaving in their droves. And in Wexford currently, nobody can access that doesn't currently have a dentist under the medical card, any new medical card recipient for the last three years has been unable to access a All dentist. Right. You've put forward your, your suggestions for solutions. Uh, let's see what the listeners think. Do share your comments with us, please, on 53 Before I move on to rental from dental, uh, Bernie has a question for you. Do you think it's time now to stop taking in refugees from Ukraine uh, as we have nowhere to put them? Well, I think, Alan, that's the reality is we don't have housing that is able to accommodate them as we see housing. We're doing our best. I think we have an obligation under the UN Convention. It is a very difficult uh, time for them given that the war hasn't in any way abated. It doesn't look like it's coming to an end anytime soon. I think the reality is we have got to do our best and we are doing our best and unfortunately that at this point in time is tent accommodation and it's, it's asking GA clubs if they're able to house uh, these particular refugees on beds in yeah. sports complexes. It's anything but uh, ideal. It, it's, it's not it's, ideal. It's, it's atrocious yeah. but having said that there is no possibility that we will have housing for 40,000 and numbers are rising. They're currently being asked to leave accommodation which is student accommodation so that our students have accommodation when they go back to college and that's going to put more pressure on. So well, it, it, would be, it would be all very well to say we have to stop taking in refugees. Every country in Europe is experiencing the same issue. Before we conclude our chat with you this morning. There's been a 58% increase in the number of eviction notices in the first six months of 2022 compared to the final six months of last year. Almost 3,000 notices to quit given nationally. I don't have the figures uh, for, for County Wexford, but I imagine a percentage of them are in County Wexford. What's your what's your reading of all of this? Well, the lower percentage, thank God. I would have knowledge uh, through my offices, certainly, of some evictions. I think the real issue here is policy. It's a taxation policy that government has put so much pressure through taxation on the private landlord and by small private landlords I mean accommodation that would be one to six houses. They are leaving the market in their droves. So you know they are unable to say to upkeep a house as well as pay the tax. All of those things meet the highest mortgage levels in the EU. We have higher mortgage rates than any country in the EU and now for the first time we're seeing interest rates rise. So the reality is it's a disastrous policy by government. We have it's, you know, you've got cuckoo funds coming in, buying up blocks of apartment in, apartments in Dublin that if they see fit, they can leave empty, whilst exponentially rising rents and therefore, they're, and, and leaving some empty means they're paying no tax. So this policy is disastrous for the private landlord, which is what we depend on in rural counties like Wexford, particularly, I suppose, 
every county in the country, except Dublin, depends on the small private landlord. You know, who bought houses, maybe one house, just to, you know, it was something that they used as their pension or thought would boost their pension. And they're the particular people now who are finding it unaffordable to keep that property. And they're leaving in their droves. Uh, Sinn Féin is calling for a further ban on evictions like during the COVID pandemic. Do you agree with them? Well, we have to be very careful. I mean, we don't want to send out a signal that someone who, do, you know, doesn't pay their rent can't be evicted. There are, you know, per se, um, I am uh, against evictions, but it's how we look at the whole market. Yeah. We cannot send out a message that people who don't pay rent for whatever but, reason... But I think part of the case here is people, uh, landlords selling the homes because they're, ba- they're benefiting more from selling the home. It's not just a case of uh, evicting the tenant. I, I presume that when the, the lease is up, then they, they try to sell the house. Is to that be what fair, there's a lot of reasons why we have evictions, but I think for someone who is paying their rent and keeping the property, they shouldn't be evicted. Absolutely not. But for it, we just don't have a policy that encourages landlords to come into this market. It is absolutely, uh, it's, it's now very expensive, Alan, to, for the upkeep of a property. And if you have a tenant who comes in and destroys that property, sometimes the landlord just does not have the money to do it up and therefore they're getting out of it. They are and the taxation policy, believe you me, it's in excess of 50% we're looking at people are just not able to make it viable. And and there's a lot of work involved. Okay. So the reality is those houses are purchased not to go back into the rental market. They are being purchased as residential and therefore we're seeing, you know, a, a, a depletion of the rental market. But that's based on government's disastrous policy. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.